What's going on, Skytown? Welcome to another edition of the Skyhook Podcast. My name is James K. With me on the mic, as always, is Chris Pennant. Chris, I have some breaking news for you at the top of the show. Do you mind if I share it with you? Let's go. You have been extended the core qualifying offer by the Skyhook Podcast. And I know you had some interest from Her Hoop Stats podcast, Double Down WNBA's podcast, Winsider Show, but we're keeping you here, man. How do you feel about it? Well, you know, um, it, it, it just snowed in Chicago, so it might not be looking that that sunny, rosy outside, but I'm committed. You know, I'm committed to this franchise. I'm committed to the work that we've done in the past and how that led to last year's championship run. And I think you see the results of our work. So I, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't want to take that core, that qualifying offer, especially when it's the super, the super duper max um, as, as has been outlined in the WNBA podcast uh, collective bargaining agreement that was recently signed in, in 2022. So, yeah, I'm committed. I'm committed to this franchise. I'm committed to running it back. I'm committed to winning another podcaster's championship at the end of the year. And I just want to see how far we can go. You know, any, any kind of talk uh, is we can move that to next offseason. I'm talking about this year, this year, right now. First off, congratulations on getting that super max you know, that is a full dollar that you're going to see in your pocket over the next (laughs) few months. So I appreciate you uh, accepting it and continuing this journey with me. Um, (laughs) No, but we're back, Chris, because WNBA free agency is already so wild. I don't even know where to start with it from the whole league standpoint. So we just got to keep it with the sky. Do you want to start with the most recent news with, coming from our friend Annie Costable from the Chicago Sun-Times about Diamond, because I don't think any a lot of people were too surprised by that quote from Diamond, but at the same time, I do think it is pretty big news, just given that this completely, I would say, pretty much eliminates Diamond coming back to the sky at this point. Yes, uh, as you said, Annie, Annie Costable wrote about uh, Diamond saying that she is does not see herself being back in Chicago. Unfortunately, she's a restricted free agent, so we know that the sky can match that uh, another team submits. But it seems like the writing that was on the wall is now on paper. And Diamond said that uh, things change, feelings change, and people change. And without trying to play armchair psychologist, it, we, we all know that her role was reduced, um, whether that was from injury or a difference in philosophy or, or just a change in, as she said, a change in feelings between her and the coaching staff. She played her part. I'll say that. I never, again, I'm not an arm care psychologist. I know it's very popular for sports journalists to try and interpret as much as they possibly can from body language. And I, and I do try to do it sometimes, but I didn't see Diamond looking like she was extra sulky on the bench, not supporting teammates during the season, even in the rough times of it. Um, and even after she uh, was moved to the bench in favor of Allie Quigley starting, uh, starting out games, she had some really good moments in the playoffs, the game against Minnesota in the second elimination game, uh, game one against the Connecticut Sun. And I mean, Diamond's body of work in Chicago speaks for itself. Amber Stocks, and let's give credit as always to Amber Stocks and the way that she drafted and brought uh, a lot of the key players to Chicago. Amber Stocks saw that potential in her. Drafting her was a number three in, 20, in 2018. That is correct. I mean, I forget the exact number, but I think number three overall sounds correct in 2018. And she brought it pretty much from the jump. I think if Diamond doesn't get injured in the wobble, we're having a very, very different conversation right here. But, I mean, Diamond is a independent spirit. So maybe after the championship run, she's looking at other places that she can further, you know, further shine. I think Kalia Copper was always on this trajectory, which meant that one of them might not fit between her and Diamond because they have a very similar skill set. They do. I think that's a really important part to point out here is that there was an overlap of talent between Kalia Copper and Diamond to Shields. I mean, just looking at their 2019 
or Diamond's 2019 season and Kaz's 2021 season. Diamond was the ball handler on 19.6% of the sky's pick and roll plays. While in 2021, Copper was the ball handler on 16.8% of the sky's pick and roll plays. And again, even looking at like their fast break numbers, Diamond, 3.7 fast break points per game. Copper, three fast break points per game. Like there was an overlap in talent here where obviously when you have two players like this on your roster, it's a luxury. And having Diamond to Shields come off the bench for you is a luxury. And one of the things that when we look at this situation, we have to look at how Diamond was in the last year of her rookie scale contract where she was making $70,000. And she wasn't going to take on the same role again when she had this opportunity to test the market. And even though she's a restricted free agent in the WNBA, you can always just threaten to sit out a season and lose your, I mean, like, again, lessen the value of you as an asset for the team that has your rights as a free agent. So when you look at diamond, like she's going to go wherever she wants to go. The sky really don't have that much of an upper hand here in negotiations with the team that ends up signing her. Annie Hostable said that um, she reported that Diamond has zeroed in on three teams for her services coming into 2022. So, yeah, it was just a luxury that Diamond could come off the bench for this team after she was an all-star in 2019. And I wonder what how different the situation would be if she was entering free agency next season when Candace Parker is off the books when Azrae Stevens is off the books and the roster is really just going to look completely different. And they're not, they might not be on the same championship trajectory or trajectory that they were going into this season. So it is, it's, it's really too bad. Diamond wanted to be back in Chicago. I talked to James Wade back in November and he told me that Diamond said, I want to be back in Chicago. But when she says something like, honestly, I don't see myself back here. It's not something I envisioned for myself. It just kind of shows that this just wasn't going to work out given where the sky are at with, again, having a lot of veterans on this team and Diamond wanting to lead her own team. And she's only 26 years old. So it kind of makes sense that she wants to go out and find a situation that and find an organization that can commit to her long term and view her as the franchise player. A lot of us thought she would become back in 2019. Yeah. And it's I think it's an unfortunate series of circumstances that led to this. Uh, between 2019 and now, uh, because uh, like I said, I always liked Diamond. Just it, it's it's cool to see. I think an ind- like an independent player who who follows their own convictions a lot and is not a complete asshole like hmm. um, like <laughs> like a certain player who does not need to be named on this podcast who just uh, took an L last night and is out of the, their uh, respective playoffs. So it, it, I want to see where Diamond goes because I, I do want to see if she can, um, if she can lead a team. She had, she's always had somebody to share that particular burden. And I, th- I think that in a team game like basketball, you always have at least two, maybe even three people who are quote unquote team leaders. But if Diamond can be the face of a franchise for a, a team that is trying to make it into that upper echelon of the WNBA and succeeds, Looking fantastic. It'll be absolutely fantastic. I will be happy for it. The thing about her wanting to lead a team and being the face of a franchise that I think makes this super difficult is just there's a lot of teams that have settled into where they're at right now. And even the teams that have cap space and have a that kind of align with where she's at in her career, like the Atlanta Dream, they've kind of already moved on as well, where they just signed Nia Coffey to, I believe it's a multi-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. I haven't seen the numbers about how much she's going to be making, but the Dream didn't take a meeting with Diamond. And what I think is interesting is that there's a lot of other a lot of other teams that could use Diamond that I don't think really qualify for her being able to come in and just lead the team right away. And again, there's only so much that we can take from the quote from the couple of quotes we've seen from Annie's work over the last couple of months about what Diamond's situation's at. But um, I mean, there's always more to a quote than what we see as 
the consumer, but I look around the WNBA and there's just not a lot of spots where I'm like, yep, Diamond's going to be the number one here. And But I do think there are a few destinations, just going back to her whittling down to three franchises that she is going to be picking from. I do think there are a couple teams out there that would make some sense for her if she's willing to be more of a secondary or tertiary role on a team. But I don't, there's no other teams out there like that make a ton of sense for her to just come in and lead a team. There's again, that's the tough part about there only being 12 teams in the WNBA. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another good uh, argument for expansion so that you not only, um, you can spread out the places for players that want to play because there's a ton of players in, who are not being talked about in free agency who could play in the WNBA if the league was 16 teams strong instead of 12. You also could get a place where players have a chance to shine and, and lead a team. I think it'll, it'll be difficult to manage both for the league and for those players who were able to find success maybe a bit either a bit more easily or were able to um, get a nice – teams were able to get a nice cadre of really good players on one team at a time. Even with salary cap um, decisions to make, it wasn't that difficult if you have a competent front office to, to get a playoff team together or even cobble a playoff team together uh, somewhat unexpectedly. So – uh, that's you know that might not be a free agency discussion point, but expansion would really uh, benefit players like Diamond, players who are eligible for free agency, whether that's RFA or UFA, yeah. who have found an untenable situation where they currently are and want to go somewhere and not start from the bottom. Well, because we don't have expansion yet, which I'm really hoping we do soon, I'm curious if we hear any news out of Oakland since we heard some rumblings about it a couple months ago, but. Just looking around the league right now, Chris, is there any team that intrigues you as a possible Diamond to Shields fit? Uh, it's tough to say. Um, it, and I think part of the reason for that is that Atlanta was talked about so so much and so often by people as a rumored spot or as a spot that would most fit. And I said agreed had they not gone so haywire over last season and then in the off season with you know suspensions and cutting ties with players that all just went downhill very fast it was it was almost surprising mm-hmm. um depending on what she wants and depending on where they want to go washington would be interesting i don't know if they necessarily have a spot specifically for diamond if they want to, depending on how they want to spread the floor, mm-hmm. Be- because you could play her in spurts with Elena. Um, if Di- you know Diamond at one hundred percent, you could play her in spurts with Elena, and utilize her slasher skill set. And if she has, if she's, um, if she can take time and develop her jumper where it's reliable from fifteen feet out, I think that would work out and be a nice replacement for uh, Christy Tolliver. You know, not saying that those players are the same, but I think giving you that same level of offensive punch plus the defense that we know Diamond is going to give you each day at 100%, I think Washington would be an interesting spot. Washington is an intriguing option for her just because what made Kalia Copper and Diamond Shields on paper such a good fit is how athletic they are and how much they can burn you as just young players in this league. I think that would be an interesting fit. I think we're still trying to figure out what the Mystics are going to do. And if Elena Deladon is going to play this season, um, I think, I mean, that is a tough injury to come back from. And anytime you talk about a player's back in basketball, I mean, we've seen a lot of players end up seeing their careers cut short because of back injuries. So I'm curious how that would end up. I have a hard time seeing it. I'm not sure if coach T would necessarily take a chance on her, but she's a good spot up shooter. The, Mystics, I believe, have taken, I think they've been in the top three in spot up opportunities um, or shot up, excuse me, spot up attempts in the league the last three years. So um, 
that'd be interesting to see Washington take a chance on her. I mean, she also is just an unpolished player. And look, I mean, again, she has all the potential in the world. There's few players in this league that could come off the bench and score 30 and or record a stat line of 35 and five. And she had a couple of moments last year. Where you're like, that's the diamond of old, but I have a hard time seeing it. I mean, she's had some rough moments on the defensive end, but she's also had some great moments last season. We had against Washington. They saw that, especially early on in that game, right before the break. So I think Washington's an interesting option. I think that Vegas could potentially I, be one that, oh, what, what were you going to say? Well, no, so you're, you're right on. I was looking at Vegas and they have so, uh, they do not have a lot of money committed. They've just had a coaching change. So depending on their philosophy, uh, with, uh, with the new coach coming in, I think that they could benefit from a player like Diamond um, just to give them another offensive option outside of, of Asia. And I, I would say outside of Liz, but there's some, you know, I, nobody knows right now where Liz is going to go. If she plays. To free agency. Yeah. I, I want to get, uh, I know this is, this is, this is a Scott Free Agency podcast, but I want to get into that if we find time later about um, Liz Cambage and her decisions with regard to the game of basketball. But I, I just wanted to push back on, on the idea that Diamond, as an unpolished player, I think she still had a lot of raw talent that's untapped, but I wouldn't call her unpolished like, mm-hmm. like somebody, because that, I, I think that'd be more of a designation for like a real energy player. And she's not necessarily that. There's times, especially when you saw her running with the Sky second unit, you know that she knows what to do with the ball. And there's times that she does it. She's just not a – she's never going to be a, a top-flight passer, distributor, playmaker. But I think that she's capable of doing all those things. And I, and I wouldn't say – I think that when she – I still think that when she was getting beaten on defense last year, it's to do with um, injury recovery and not any um, – lack of, of knowledge in the, the defensive scheme because hmm. they just we i've seen her make those defensive plays we've seen her make those defensive plays especially in 2019 and it was just a lot of one-on-ones where players were getting past her to get into the lane and that's that's out of character so diamond and the sky organization were pretty adamant that she was at 100 percent last year injury wise and i don't think there's anything because I mean, she's also I, and I'm going to have to go back and check this, but I do believe she was in the top 11 in fast break points per game last season. Like she actually, yeah, she was seventh, I believe it is. So I don't think, I mean, Diamond's athleticism, we saw that at times last year. She looked, I thought she looked completely fine physically. I do think it was more just, again, a consistency problem. That's more of a mental thing and that she was outspoken about during the season, just how tough it was like dealing with some of those mental things, whether that was on the court or with the, whether that was off the floor, I am not a hundred percent sure. It's probably maybe a mix of both potentially, but I don't, I mean, I guess I disagree with you. I do think that she does have a little bit, she takes too many risks on defense sometimes. And when she is able to lock in on that end of the floor, she is a really solid defender and she, she can do a lot for you. Like she did in 2019, but I do think that, yeah she's just a young defensive, like she's kind of young and still figuring things out. So maybe unpolished is the wrong word. And again, she's 26. She doesn't play. She hasn't played overseas until this off season. So maybe that's, I mean, she did play one season overseas, but she did take the last two off seasons off. So maybe just getting more tick overseas helps her as she tries to become a more consistent player. But I think on both ends of the floor, um, She's still trying to figure things out. And when you look at this, what the Sky are dealing with this upcoming season, they need to win right now with one more year of Candace Parker, Azrae Stevens, potentially Kalia Copper, depending on if she accepts the qualifier or if she decides to sign a multi-year deal with the Sky. I think that in either situation, Cobb will be back with the Sky next season. But you have to make the most out of this core and – Diamond to Shields, when you don't know what she's going to bring on the defensive end and offensive end each night, I do think that is why we kind of saw the sky not make her necessarily a number one priority heading into this offseason. Yeah. I, I, the last thing I want to say about it is I think that if you, I think you make a good point about the mental part of it. 
But I think those are plays that we saw her make when she was 24. So if there's any part of the, if there's any part of the injury recovery that, you know, notwithstanding what the team said, you can be, uh, it kind of reminds me of a book I read on uh, old time baseball where a guy was in world war two, had a really nasty back injury and he was right for a long time, but he still, he couldn't make the, the, the moves that he made when he was healthy. And a lot of that was mental. It was just like the mental recovery. And even with it being 2021, 2022, the most modern era that we've ever experienced in terms of sports medicine and sports psychology, sometimes you still, it takes a long time to get over the hump in telling your mind and your mind telling your body to do what you used to be able to do. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that could be it, if anything, because there are, th- there are things where she's been a step slow or she's been a step, uh, like a, a beat off. And those are notwithstanding the plays where she would still take uh, ill-advised shots. So if there's anything that I think would be would need catching up on, it's just that full mental confidence in her ability. And maybe that the new place, wherever that may be, whether it's Washington, Las Vegas, or, or someplace different, is where she can have that one, have that fresh start and also have a clear mental, just a clear mental picture of what she can do. And for that, for that reason alone, I think you made a good point for that reason alone. I think we could see a 100% diamond shields that we expected to see in 2019. I hope we get to see that version of diamond shield. She sacrificed a lot for the sky and I do think she probably deserves an opportunity to see what she can accomplish outside of that atmosphere right now. Um, and it's crazy. I really thought that she would be in a Chicago sky uniform for a long time, but this is what happens. Um, but just to quickly wrap up this part of it, just to keep things moving. I do think Las Vegas is a really interesting destination, just given that if they could, if they lose Raquana Williams and they decide to really go all in this year, depending on, if they're able to re-sign Kelsey Plum and Derek Hamby next year, I do think Diamond could make sense for them, just adding another athletic wing who can, again, just do, do a little bit of everything for you. Again, we don't know if it's coming on a night-to-night basis, but again, I do think there's going to be some team that gambles on her to be that player and empowers her to be that player. And her going to Vegas to be with her best friend, Derek Hamby, I don't think that would be out of the realm of possibility, even though I don't think that does end up happening in the end. I think of like the same thing with Seattle too, but um, just because they're trying to get more athletic and maybe they haven't seen enough from Katie Lou Samuelson, who is a free agent next year. So, um, but let's keep things moving just because we got a couple of other things on the docket. Courtney Vandersloot also went into free agency with an open mind and she's taken some meetings with multiple teams I believe Annie was also the one that reported that a couple weeks ago. When I spoke to Courtney a few days, I guess it'd be a week and a half ago, I asked her what is at the top of her priorities heading into free agency. And she took a second to think about it, but she did say in the end, what playing with talented players is at the top of her priorities. And I feel like there are a lot of teams that qualify for that. And a lot of Sky fans have been worried about Seattle when maybe they should also be worried about the rest of the league and Courtney really taking her time with free agency. And she a hundred percent deserves to do that. And I think even if you ask James Wade, like he would tell you the same thing, but I'm curious, Chris, where do you think Sloot ends up? And are there any other intriguing options out there that you think would make sense for her if she doesn't pick Chicago or if she also bypasses what, WNBA Twitter believes as the only other option as like in Seattle, I should say. It's difficult to say. Minnesota had their point guard mishap. I mean, they've that depends on what happens with Lasia Clarendon. And I think if they keep him, which which is which is very, very much possible, and would would be, one be good for Clarendon, two would be good for Minnesota. Uh I think they, they ride the ship, but I watched that playoff game back between uh, the Lynx and the Sky, and Minnesota lost a ton without Clarendon on the floor. Yeah. 
uh, specifically with regards to getting touches for Sylvia Fowles in the second half. So Courtney Vandersloot, you know, is always going to get players involved and that would make things a, a lot easier on her, especially with a shooter around like Kayla McBride and healthy Demiris Dantas. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily expect Sloot to have to do more than maybe score 10 points, you know, eight to 10 points a game and have a corresponding number of assists. That would be a really dangerous team with Courtney Vandersloot uh, leading it because they could play fast when they wanted to. They could play slower. They could play pretty much any tempo uh, with the team that they have around. And bringing Crystal Dangerfield off the bench is a pretty ridiculous change of pace for the other for the opposing team's uh, ball handler. Now, they don't have a whole lot of money available in free agency. According to her hoop stats, their cap room is about 430000 and they've got three to four slots open. And Nafisa Collier is still... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they look to renegotiate the contract before she gets to restricted free agency next season. I think that would be smart. Uh, but Minnesota would be really interesting. I know it's not Seattle. It's not Washington specifically, so she wouldn't be going back to Kent. But I think that would be another team if I looked at it that I think would make sense. So without considering the cap, because that won't happen because of that Natalie Chanwa contract that really is going to stop Minnesota from being able to make some moves. And by the way, when you say that Minnesota has $432,000 in cap space, that's not even factoring in that Sylvia Fowles said that she's coming back and she is going to be back with the links. So that's also going to eat up some of the cap. It's real. It is just really hard with that Natalie Achanwa contract for Minnesota to make a big move like getting Sloot. But I completely agree with you. If money wasn't a factor, my God, Courtney Vandersloot would fit perfectly with this team. She, my, just her and Sylvia Fowles in the pick and roll would be just insane. And I like the weapons that they have. Aerial power is really wowed me last year. Kayla McBride also, she started off a little bit slow and then kind of exploded at the end. Courtney Vandersloot would be a perfect fit in Minnesota. And for her and Cheryl Reeve to be paired up, that would be really interesting. To touch on Minnesota for a second, I know Nafisa Collier is likely out for the season, given that she's pregnant and she's going to have a kid soon. Well, not soon, but I mean, during this, I believe that she just announced that she was pregnant, which if you do the timeline, pretty much adds up that she's not going to be playing for the Lynx next season. I think this is a huge, huge win for Anaya Davis in a sense, where again, if you lose Nafisa Collier, that's bad for the Minnesota Lynx as an organization. But now Renaya Davis, who lost her rookie season, is going to be able to come in and have some freedom where the Lynx are going to have to rely on her to a certain degree. And now she's going to have some room to be able to mess up a little bit as a rookie. And obviously this team is going to need to have Renaya Davis step up and they're going to have, I mean, again, they're going to be pushing for the playoffs, but for Renaya Davis to be able to have a little bit of a longer leash when Nafisa Collier is in the fold, I think that is actually really interesting for the 2022 WNBA landscape and just seeing, okay, what does Minnesota look like a year from now potentially? And when everything is going to really reset and I really like what Renaya Davis could do this season. It's not, I don't want to say it's a win to not have Nafisa Collier. That was a bad way of phrasing that, but no, no, no. We understood what you were saying. It makes sense. Like this is an opportunity for her to make up a lot of ground for what she lost last year. So that was my quick Minnesota Lynx rant for a second, but yeah, Minnesota would have been great for Sloot. Did you see the news about Stewie taking a meeting with New York? Like that to me, that to me, oh my, oh, in case anyone hasn't seen it, Brianna Stewart, it was Chris Hayes, I believe from Yahoo Sports, who reported that Brianna Stewart met with the front office of the New York Liberty, I believe in California, to just to have a meeting in free agency, which shocked a lot of people given that Jewel Lloyd was just cored by Seattle last week. And if there's any way that Brianna Stewart could have been pried from the Seattle storm, I think that the, I'm sure that they knew that Brianna Stewart was probably going to do this, but 
I if personally, I would have called Brianna Stewart <laughs> immediately if I knew that she was taking meetings elsewhere. Even if she 99% committed to Seattle Storm, I would not have allowed her to move at all because she is one of the best players of all time already. But yeah. one of the things that made me think about this from a Sky perspective, if Brianna Stewart actually went to New York, does that eliminate Seattle from being able to get Sloot if, like I said at the top of this, one of Courtney Vandersloop's top priorities is to play with high-end talent. To lose Brianna Stewart, who would be like the perfect person to play with for someone specifically like Courtney Vandersloot, who again is a pick-and-roll maestro and I mean also like has a real connection with Steph Dolson as when Steph picks and pops. Oh my God. I mean, I, it would kind of eliminate Seattle in my mind if I'm Courtney Vanderson, I'm wanting to win another title. If Brianna Stewart's not there in Seattle to be that number one option that she could play alongside with. I mean, what do you think? Do you see Seattle still being an option for her if Brianna Stewart actually left, even though, again, she just took one meeting? <laughs> well, okay. if you replace, if you swap, if you take out Brianna Stewart, put in Courtney Vandersloot, and then take the team as it is um, with the cap room that they currently have. So that's one, uh, you're basically swapping one Supermax contract for another. You still have Jewel Lloyd, up and coming Ezzy Magbegor, Mercedes Russell, and Jordan Canada um, in your top tier of your rotation. What is that? Where does that team fall? Sorry to answer a question with a question, but where does that team fall in your list of playoff contenders? Well, this is the interesting part, though, because Mercedes, Mercedes Russell is a restricted free agent. And while she really proved her value last season, um, I think she really did well for herself heading into free agency. I don't really know if that I mean, I, I don't really know how much that makes you a championship team given where the WNBA is at. Like I know, I think Connecticut's going to regress a little bit because they're, they're going to have to figure out how to piece together a roster with their limited cap space and Vegas. Again, they have to pay Asia Wilson. Now the, the full max because she's a restricted free agent, but I don't really know if that team without, maybe they end up signing Mercedes Russell, they match the offer sheet and she's just back. And that makes things a little bit more interesting in their front court. That's what I would, that's what I would do if I was down. I'd say that. So defensively, how much would Sue Bird and Courtney Vandersloot make sense though? I think that's the part where I'm like, man, in the playoffs, if they don't have someone like Brianna Stewart back there. And again, Mercedes Russell was great last year for them in the, on the interior, but if they don't have, I don't know. It just that kind of worries me from a defensive standpoint how teams could get into the paint much quicker and like just again create just continue to create space for them. I mean, that's the object of offense basketball. You want to create space for yourself. And if you keep having to flood the paint and leaving people open on the perimeter, that kind of worries me a little bit for those two specifically, just super and Courtney Vandersloot on the same team. Unless super what goes to New York with Brianna Stewart, which there's a lot of people floating out there. Again, these are all just rumors. We're just trying to have a little fun here, but I think it would be difficult for me to see Courtney look seeing her situation in Chicago and being like, I'm going to go to Seattle where there's a lot of question marks heading into 2022. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to turn that over. I didn't, I, I will say I didn't register that off the bat. Having Sue Bird and Courtney Vandersloot would pretty much necessitate another playing a three guard lineup with a taller defensive-minded guard and they don't really have that person on the roster um, you could you could have Jordan Canada but then your backcourt is an average of what like five seven and I think the league and I think a lot of teams would be able to exploit that I won't say the league is trending toward taller guards in the backcourt but I think a lot of teams would be able to exploit that because you have guards who are around the makeup of the aforementioned Kalia Copper and Diamond to Shields you know six foot six one athletic and they would be able to bother a lot of teams who have good playmakers just with their height and wingspan so yeah I'll, I'll agree with that i don't think that that would necessarily make too much sense um i mean seattle would look real bad though if sue did go to, to the liberty considering that everybody was defending them for tampering 
and then their player that they said was going to come back leaves. That I didn't real, even. There'll be a lot of egg on the face. I did not even think about it from that perspective. Holy crap! That would be such a bad look for the like, one for <laughs> the storm, but also just the league. I mean, that would, I don't know that. Ooh, that is. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. I guess that's a tough one to save face for because, yeah. uh, wow. I did. I, that you did, you literally just broke my brain right there. I totally forgotten about that. So, <laughs> well, another team, I mean, what's just to keep things rolling. Another free agent that is taking meetings is Steph Dolson. And I think she's already met with, let's see, she met with the aces. She has, a meeting lined up with the dream, I believe. And she's meeting with Seattle as well. And I believe she's already met with Chicago too. I mean, there's only been four teams from what I've heard. Um, Where do you think Steph lands, man? I think that there's so many possibilities for her, especially if she, I God, she would fit so well in New York, given that they can probably offer her the most money now that the dream have swallowed up some of their cap space. But who do you think, ends up signing Steph Dolson. Well, I, uh, first of all, I want to, I want to ask you where the New York fit comes in is that, you know, with Brianna Stewart without, because I, I think we, we gravitate a lot towards um, the sentimentality. And by that, I mean, you know, who's there for them in that location, which does matter a lot, but you know, Steph is a New York state native. And so that, I think that's a, that's what most people would gravitate towards first. But where do you see that team um, fitting with her best? I want to ask you that. You mean as if they if they were to sign Brianna Stewart or if they weren't to sign uh, Brianna yeah, Stewart? With or, with or without, honestly. Even without Walt Hopkins being in the fold anymore, upper management has said they want to play modern basketball. And if you want to play modern basketball, then you sign someone like Steph Dolson, who, again, can stretch the floor for you and – can do a little bit of damage down low. I think that she's someone that after New York really struggled to defend on the interior, that if you just get a physical body like her, just put her into the fold. She's someone that would make a lot of sense, especially she's not someone that runs a ton of pick and roll um, effectively. Or, I mean, like she doesn't score around the rim as much as she has in the past. I think outside of the, I mean, outside of what I just said, I think she's only had like 16 post-up opportunities, if I'm not mistaken, going, like, looking back at last season. And I think she said on the Equal Play podcast, she does want to get more touches down there. So New York could give her one. They, they could start her on day one. And they can put her right next to Natasha Howard if she wanted a larger role. And they can also pay her. They have all these unprotected contracts that they can just waive and not impact the salary cap. So I think that's where she fits in. Now, if Stewie were to come in, I mean, there's so many things that New York would have to do to make that work where I wonder if Natasha Howard would have to leave, even though I think that they have already proven that those two can play together. But either way, I mean, Steph Dolson just fits the ideology that they want to move forward with um, with a lot of these younger players that they have on the roster. So that's, I mean, that's where the Steph Dolson fit makes the most sense to me. And even someone like, even a place like Vegas makes a ton of sense, but I don't know if that answered your question or not. No, no, it, it, it did. Um, and I think the unprotected contracts is where I was looking at. And then, and then you look in, you know, which, who, who in that list that they would want to keep, you know, Michaela Onyenwere, uh, Jocelyn Willoughby, I know that a lot of people are high on for her uh, defensive ability. And even like Kylie Shook, is that a player that you keep if you bring in uh, Brianna Stewart and, and or Stephanie Dolson, either, either one of those two? I think it would be interesting. Uh, the, I agree with the modern basketball assertion. Um, Steph is somebody who can pop out and hit you with three. Her screens are best in the league, if not top two. And that is that gives you a lot of ability to free up players like Benajelani and Sabrina Ionescu, um, even Sammy Whitcomb. If they play, if they play those two and have Sammy run through through screens at the top to get her shot opportunities from the top of the key, I I feel bad I didn't get a chance to see the Liberty play a lot last season, and I know they were dealing with difficulty with uh, Sabrina's early season injury. 
it, it was weird just that Walt Hopkins was there for two years and then fell out of favor so quickly uh, after their, sorry, if it, did I get that wrong? Was Sabrina, Sabrina was injured last, the year before last, not last She year. was, yeah, she, her rookie season, she played at the season opener and then she was out the rest of the year. Sorry, and then, thank you. But then Natasha Howard was the one that they were just waiting on to come back. Rebecca Allen at a certain point was not playing as well. And yeah, I mean, they had some bright spots again. Benajah Laney looked like one of the best players in the league. Sammy Whitcomb was one of the best shooters in the league last year coming off the screens. And there's just a lot of, they do have a lot of flexibility. The thing is their timeline, it can be whatever they want it to be, which is what makes Brianna Stewart such an interesting option. If she were to come over and be like, look, I like what you have here. Let's see you tear down the roster and, Let's make this work with Sabrina still on a rookie scale contract. Rebecca Allen is a free agent. So I know they wanted to re-sign her, but at the same time, if you bring Stewie into the fold, she becomes a a little bit expendable. And uh, again, they have Michaela coming back, like you just said. Maybe they keep Jazz Jones. Who knows? But again, they have all of these unprotected contracts they can just jettison if you think you can win a WNBA championship this season, looking at the other teams in the league, how weak they're, like they're, the contenders from last year are going to be weaker because of the cap. So if you feel like you can jump them and go out and win that championship and you, and if Brianna Stewart says, I want to come to New York and I want you to build me a championship roster, you just go ahead and do it no matter what it takes. And there's only 12 teams in this league. You just got to be better than 11 of them. So that's to me like where, I mean, it's that simple, you know? And I think that New York has so much flexibility and it makes them the most intriguing team going into free agency, honestly. And that's where I could see Steph Dolson, if let's say Brianna Stewart doesn't come and she ends up in Seattle, which is honestly, I would bet my house on that, even though I don't have a house, so it's meaningless. But at the same time, I, do, I could see Steph Dolson coming in and being like a bridge piece for when maybe if Stewie wants to test the market next year. She wants to just sign one year deals and kind of assess her situation year to year. It would make a lot of sense to me that Steph Dolson could be, again, be the bridge to that potentially, or just come in and be a contributor right away for them. Fit next to Natasha Howard, who hopefully will be healthy for an entire season. Be next to Benajah Laney, who's been recruiting people as well. And, Again, have a full year of Sabrina Inescu and Natasha Howard running the pick and roll. I think that would just make a ton of sense for them to bring in a Steph Dolson or, I mean, maybe a Mercedes Russell. Who knows? They've got options, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's weird when you say that because everybody talks about championship windows so often right now. And as much as I detest the term, I see its application in a lot of different places. Uh, I will say that your championship window can be altered with one or two moves or with, with um, external forces changing that are out of your control. So I'm going to say it once and for all, fuck your championship window talk. <laughs> um, but New York doesn't really have that applying to them precisely because their stars are still so very young. You know, Nigel Laney bounced around the league a couple seasons, um, starting with the sky and then moving to Atlanta but she's still young. Sabrina's still young. Uh, Jocelyn Willoughby's still young. Uh, even, even Natasha Howard has only played what f- five, six seasons, still young, um, especially in a league with, where at this point you can play 17 to 18 years. So you're right. They could go for it this year. They could play with this core and develop kind of a more traditional format moving up in the playoff uh, or in the league power rankings, or they could try and build around a new core if they bring in Brianna Stewart um, or, or pay or link her with the core that they already have and see how that develops. Yeah. Again, if Brianna Stewart says, I want to sign with you, you just go ahead and do it and figure out the rest of the pieces. It is the difference between being an instant championship contender and being a fringe contender, especially for this Liberty team. Like, I don't think it makes a ton of sense to develop all of this young talent that they currently have on the roster. When I do think the top five teams in the WNBA are really going to be weaker 
this of this upcoming season, like I, I should say the top five teams from last year are going to be weaker heading into this upcoming season. Just the cap has really, it changes everything coming going into 2022. So I'm excited to see what happens in WNBA free agency. Do you have any other predictions that you have before we wrap up the pod? Because I feel like everything that I thought was going to happen um, hasn't happened, Chris. I feel so dumb right now. I feel dumb, Chris. I feel dumb. Um, I, I think the one thing with New York is uh, to close that out. They, they're in a state of, of unseen flux. Even with the even with uh, Joe Sy coming in and buying the team, they're still a year or two removed from playing in Westchester. They're trying to gather that fan base and cement them, and that's weird to say for a founding team, but they have some things that they that the ownership that ownership is trying to do, and I think if the Walt Hopkins um, firing proved anything, it's that that New York is trying to re they're, they're trying to replant their team and their team's identity within the, the city of New York. And so to that end, that's why I would think that they're bringing in Brianna Stewart, make that big splash effectively rather than playing things out with their team. And I think they have an exciting possibility for a team with those players. I believe in everybody who was talking about Jocelyn Willoughby, especially because I love a way a defensive player can energize um, a team and energize fans, play, uh, people who know the game of basketball. But if there's any reason that I would think that they would bring in Brianna Stewart and then bring in Stephanie Dolson, it's the fact that they want to make their team the team of the summertime right now. They have to compete with the Yankees and Mets and even to some degree uh, Major League Soccer with the Red Bulls and, got, and uh, New York, New Jersey, or sorry, New York, uh, New York City FC. And uh, with the NWSL with Gotham. So they're trying to do that at the same time that they're trying to make a competitive playoff contending basketball team. So uh, if there's any reason that I think that they would shell out for Brianna Stewart, it would be that. Love it. The last thing I'm going to say in terms of predictions, I'm starting to feel that Courtney, and by the way, I'm not reporting this. I'm just telling you how I feel about the situation in the moment. I'm starting to think that Steph Dolson is going to leave and Courtney Vandersloot and Alec Quigley are going to come back and they're just going to find a way to make it work financially. That's just, that's where I'm starting, like where my head's starting to go with this. And I have obsessed about this for weeks now. My mind has been completely overwhelmed by the Chicago sky. I and mean, honestly, it got to the point, I can't believe I'm even going to do this, Chris, but it got to the point where I went to see West Side Story with my girlfriend and I'm not a big fan of musicals, so I was kind of tuning out a little bit. <laughs> but when that song Maria came on, I swear to God, my, the first thing that came to my mind was that it was Kalia instead of Maria. I was like, Kalia, this wow. guy have a god named Kalia. Oh, you know, this man here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I'm mentally ill right now. Like, I can't <laughs> believe that this is happening right now. I got to find some other hobbies or something, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it, that's, the, <laughs> that's where my head's at right now. So I'm excited for February 1st so that all my predictions that I made in a free agency article can be torn to bits and we can start getting going on this season, even though I think the season opener is on May 6th. I need it to be May 6th already. I'm losing my mind, Chris. So, um, yeah, great talking with you about this too. Um, any any last thoughts? Uh, two quick things. First of all, I want to apologize to everyone. I was talking to Annie Costable on my podcast, uh, What's Good Radio, earlier this week. That episode should be coming out uh, in a couple of days. It's great. Please listen to it. Annie's always a great listen. Uh, but I want to apologize to everybody who might have misinterpreted my thoughts. Um, and this is Annie included because she said she listened to our podcast every time it comes out. I did not have any inside information or any credible sources about Stephanie Dulce retiring. It was a conjecture. I thought that she would be a good fit for that because I thought that she could do a lot of different things. And I still think she can. She could do whatever she wants in retirement and that and be successful in the vein of what Candace Parker is doing right now. But I didn't have any information saying that Steph was going to retire. I just had the idea. I thought it was credible. 
and and ran with it on the next episode because I I wanted to stand behind my my contention. Mm-hmm. So, but if anybody thought that Steph was actually retiring, and obviously she's not, that is my fault, and I firmly apologize for that. Chicago Sky, please don't restrict my access. I wasn't reporting <laughs> on anything that was like I wasn't trying to put anything out there in in a Chris Broussard way. I really wasn't. So <laughs> I apologize for that. Uh, secondly, tampering is wrong, folks. Um, you can't do it. That's why that has, that's why it has a name, and that's why that name is clearly spelled out in the league and the collective bargaining agreement or contracts or, or, or contracts. That's why there is a day that negotiations with free agent players can start. So anybody out there, um, Anila, I respect your work, but you were wrong on this one. <laughs> anybody else who was saying that, that it was not a big deal, it was just all in fun, you're wrong on this one. WNBA is growing in scope, is growing in profitability. And when that happens, you got to follow the rules. And so you're going to see teams in the future who start doing this, and they're going to be fined or um, dutifully punished for it. And that's the right way to go about it. Tampering is wrong. <laughs> whether you think it's fun or not whether a player has been there five years or 55 you can't do it that's it and also james i want to let you know i hope you're glad about seeing that west side story because that's going to be on the internet forever man it's <laughs> never going to be able to delete that <laughs> that's all the news that isn't there it is man there it is um yeah i'll i'll suffer the ramifications of that one but it's okay we we roll with it chris we roll with it um, but thank you all for tuning into another edition of the Skyhook Podcast. If you want to find us on social media, you can do so by going to the episode description and finding the links there. We're on Twitter. We're somewhat on Instagram. We got to become more active on there again. And Chris, where can the people of the Skyhook find you on the Twitter? I'm as always talking that trash on Twitter <laughs> at Quandary Kitten. That's K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten. Lori Lightfoot resign. Um, baseball season hopefully is coming up and if not then you're going to have to ride that WNBA presence all summer long K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten on Twitter Jake T-W-O and the number 5 on Instagram you can find me on Twitter my handle is James underscore M underscore K-A-Y and if you want to reach out to us as well you can do so by emailing our mailbag which is the skyhook mailbag at gmail.com one more time that is the skyhook mailbag at gmail.com chris great talking with you let's be doing this again soon and until next time my friends